Hey, how's it going, Lakeland? Welcome back to A View from City Hall. This is Chad McLeod, one of your city commissioners. It's good to be back on the podcast. Today is Monday, October 4th, when I'm recording this and hope to have it out uh, by Tuesday so you can start your week with A View from Lakeland City Hall. It's been a couple of weeks since I've been on the podcast, so it's, it's good to be back. The last episode I recorded was in early September with Assistant City Manager and Manager of Innovation and Strategy, Emily Cologne, and we were talking about the budget process and, and all things related to that. And September's been a busy month. We had a lot of things happening, mainly the adoption and the finalizing of the city's budget for fiscal year 2022. I will talk about that and some of the highlights in a second. And I want to cover some of the items that we have discussed as a commission at our most recent meetings. I try to do a podcast after every commission meeting. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know that's my goal. It doesn't always happen, especially in months like September, where we just we have a lot of things going on and uh, on my business side as well. So I, uh, in addition to being a city commissioner, I run a public relations consulting firm and we've been busy this past month. So it, it is good, though, to be back here on the podcast. As always, thank you for listening. I feel like I'm getting new listeners with each episode and I run into people from different walks of life throughout the city who have listened and I appreciate that. If you get a chance to leave a review for this podcast on Apple Podcasts. That would be great. I would really appreciate it. I wanted to share one review that says, Added Transparency. That's the headline. A great podcast that helps shed some light on the inner workings of navigating the process of being a city commissioner. That's the one review that I have right now. And I, that, that's great. And again, I, I would love to have others added to that. But that is my goal with this podcast, to shed some light on the process of being a city commissioner, what that means, some of the things that we're discussing and and decisions that we're making. And so with that, let's talk about some of the things that have been uh, coming to us for the past several weeks at our most recent commission meetings. You may have seen that we are, the city is buying land in Southwest Lakeland for a new park. This is about 100 acres south of Pipkin Road. It's to the west of Riverstone. That's the new development that is being built. There are many homes that are already built and people living in that community and and a lot more that are coming to that subdivision in an area where we currently don't have a public park. And the total price for this land for 100 acres is $7 million. And I know my first reaction is oh, that that's a lot of money. In today's market and uh, prices for land, it's consistent for what we're seeing. And also, um, it was pointed out to us when this was presented to the commission that the land uh, was appraised at about $8 million. So it is a, uh, for the city, it's, it's a good deal in terms of the land purchase itself. About half of the funds to buy this land are coming from impact fees, and impact fees are the fees that developers pay when they're building new subdivisions, new houses, to pay for the impact of that growth. There's a portion of those fees that go into parks and recreation, and and when we've been talking about Southwest Lakeland and the different developments and growth that is happening in that area, the residential growth especially, I know it has come up many times with, hey, we don't have a public park facility like we have in other places throughout the city. And as Southwest Lakeland is booming with residential development, that becomes a great need. This is something that I know has been a priority of previous commissions. This goes back to you know, before my time as a commissioner, and it's just carried over. And, and our Parks and Recreation Department has continued to work toward finding suitable land for a public park. Some of the earlier options when I first came on the commission weren't that great in terms of where the available land where it was located and just proximity to developments and and this is it's a good piece of property i think there are two ponds on it and uh, that have fish and 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 there are 
different options for what the city can do with this land. Now, this is a long-term effort. I think it's going to take several years at best before we start to see amenities and things coming to this this public park. Uh, I'm hopeful that we can speed that up and, and move uh, quicker through that process and, and have something that is uh, ready to go for people living in that part of the city. The other half, so I mentioned half of the money coming from impact fees. The other half is coming from a bond issuance. Uh, so the city uh, issued bonds for about $165 million recently. The bulk of that is going to purchase uh, new internal combustion engines, power producing engines for Lakeland Electric. With that bond issuance, there were some other projects that were put into that that the commission approved that while we're going to the bond market, we can get such a low interest rate with issuing bonds right now uh, that it made sense to to put this you know, the cost for this parkland into to that package. So that's that's a big development for Southwest Lakeland. We also had recently, and we have at almost every commission meeting, there's an update from a city department, or sometimes it's a stakeholder within the city and, and someone who's giving a, an update at the beginning of our meetings on what is happening in Lakeland from their department standpoint or their organization standpoint. This morning at our meeting, it was from uh, our fire department and really talking about how the fire department has responded to and managed, and I would say done a phenomenal job through uh, the COVID pandemic and just responding to calls uh, a job that is difficult even when you don't have COVID, but in a COVID environment, how it's been particularly challenging, even at times from a staffing perspective, when we've had firefighters who have been uh, down with COVID and ha have had to be out of work for some time. And just hearing how the, the fire department has navigated that, it was, it was a great presentation. And I, I mean, my hat is off to our public safety officials, police and fire, and just the job they do day to day at our last meeting before this one we had so two weeks ago we had an update from julie townsend so julie is the um, executive director of the lakeland downtown development authority and ldda is a, a group that is focused on all things downtown there is a special tax uh, that businesses pay that go to the downtown development authority for the promotion of downtown for an entity that is an advocate for the, the direction of of our downtown and and i'm encouraged uh, by the things that are happening in downtown Lakeland right now. There's a lot of collaboration between LDDA, the city manager's office, uh, the business community in downtown, and just a, a sense, I think it's a renewed sense of revitalization, of bringing new life and new energy into uh, the downtown environment. Julie pointed out that what we really want to do in downtown is create an experience, an environment that is different than any other part of the city. All parts of the city uh, are important and in, in the businesses that, that are in different sectors of Lakeland, but downtown, we want it to be a draw. We want it to be a draw for residents, for families, for visitors. I have always said since I started running for office that m one of my goals is to help create and one day see a downtown where people come into it and say, how do we do this in our community? How do we create something like this? This is something special. And, and I think we are seeing a movement toward that. I believe there's, there's still a ways to go. Uh, the most recent sidewalk expansion project on Main Street out in front of Black and Brew in 1961, and that was uh, spearheaded by our city management in cooperation with LDDA. And, and I think that type of uh, those types of changes, along with street lighting, and you've seen some just some new uh, lighting elements popping up around those streets, those 
those types of things make a big difference. And I hope we continue that. That has been my message to our city manager and our city team is to let's keep that momentum going. So along the lines of downtown, we recently as a commission considered and approved an ordinance that will allow non-motorized vehicles to travel a specific route in and around the downtown area. This was brought to us as a request to take a look at at an ordinance like this. It's a company called Swan Pedal. They're not operating yet, but their idea is to do what we've seen in in other cities and and have pedal carts where riders can go from different restaurants and bars in downtown. It's a determined route. It's very specific. And uh, one of the the things that they were asking for is is that uh, riders would be able to bring beer, wine, or malt liquor onto the carts as part of the experience. They were asking, can people, can we allow our customers to bring these types of beverages onto the cart? And to do that, we had to, to change the ordinance in Lakeland that would allow for that. And uh, after, the, you know, this went through multiple layers of, of review by our city attorney's office and Lakeland Police Department from a public safety standpoint, and all of those departments uh, we're okay with the, the recommended ordinance that would allow for this to, to be part of, of the downtown area. Uh, businesses such as Swan Pedal that are uh, doing this, and right now Swan Pedal is the only uh, operator that has come forward with plans uh, to have this type of, of presence in downtown. This will be something that's overseen in terms of the, the public safety side and the regulation side by the Lakeland Police Department. And so for that, you know, I, I felt like this was it, a lot of thought ha- has gone into it. There, the uh, women who brought this proposal forward uh, brought a lot of enthusiasm and vision for what this could add to the downtown experience, but also um, being thoughtful about the different policies and controls that they want to have in place as a business to make sure that this the, the imprint on downtown that they're leaving, that it's one that's positive, and that, you know, as Lakelanders, uh, we think will be a good addition to the downtown area. You may have also seen that we're talking right now, we have not given this final approval. So I'll kind of take an aside here for a second. A lot of the items that we approve as commissioners are ordinances or resolutions. And from a legal perspective on ordinances, there is a first reading and there's a second reading. So that gives two different public readings for uh, these topics to be discussed. Uh, first reading, we don't vote. And now a lot of times on uh, during our agenda study meetings, and those are the Fridays before the Mondays when, when we have official meetings, those Friday meetings, we, we really get into a lot of the details on these proposed ordinances for first reading. Now, today at our meeting, for example, we had a number, probably eight proposed ordinances on first reading. And at the city commission meeting, during first reading, our city attorney just reads the ordinance by title only, and we don't have official discussion. But having said all that, we do have a lot of discussion at the Friday agenda study. uh, And then when these ordinances come back for second reading, a lot of times we, we will have more discussion as well. And so it's just part of the process that I think sometimes can be confusing for people because it's unless you really, you know, attend these meetings or, or watch us uh, knowing, okay, is this first reading and uh, are they voting or, or what's going on here? It can be confusing. But among the ordinances this week for first reading, we had the topic of shipping containers and the expanded use of shipping containers for very specific categories, food vendors, for example, retail kiosk. I think the third one is a, a hydroponic farm. Uh, those are becoming popular 
And it's, again, so when you hear something like this, I think there's the, and I mentioned this in, in my comments during the agenda study meeting, I think there's the potential to think, oh, we might have shipping containers just all over the place. And that's not how it would be if this is approved. It would simply create uh, an avenue for people who have, if you have an existing business and you uh, want to add a food trucks of sorts and, and do it out of a shipping container so it's a more of a permanent part of your, your business and your property that right now you can't. They're not allowed by our land development code. So this ordinance would make changes to the land development code to allow for some very specific uses for shipping containers. I know those are becoming more popular in other cities and it was referenced in, in Tampa over in the Channel Side area. Sparkman's Wharf is a popular one and, and there's a lot of creativity and a lot of things that can be done with shipping containers in a way uh, that is keeping with the existing character of the area. And, and there are kind of going back to the same principle when we're talking about the pedal carts, that there are policies and guide rails for these types of things so that it's not just anybody can put up a shipping container for or any use. It was also uh, one of the proposed changes would be to allow for shipping containers to be used for residential uses in areas where uh, the, the land is zoned for multifamily development. So parcels of land where it's, it's zoned for an apartment complex or some other sort of multifamily. Uh, this is not single-family homes. This isn't, you, someone couldn't just come along, if we approve this, they couldn't just come along and put a shipping container on a, on a piece of property where it's zoned for single-family. Uh, again, there are uh, policies and regulations for how this would work, but currently shipping containers are not an option uh, for residential uses. And so this would make some changes to the, the land development code. It's an interesting item, I think. And, and it's one that maybe 10 years ago we would not have thought about, but but we're seeing in other areas the creativity around these containers. And I think for, as we talk about housing and housing needs and tiny homes, you know, tiny homes are, uh, again, they've become a thing over the past few years. And, and this allows for that concept to be part of our land development code. And we, but we want to do it you know, certainly in a thoughtful way. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, the budget for fiscal year 2022, which was approved at the end of September. We had two public hearings on that, and I think I mentioned that in the last episode. We had a number of people who attended the first public hearing, and it's always encouraging when we have people uh, attend and be part of the process. I think it's a reminder of the job that we have as commissioners to represent the city and the very diverse interest at times of a city like Lakeland. And I appreciate people who take time out of their schedule to come and attend and, and to share their voices in addition to those who attend our budget meetings, there are people who send us emails and communicate with us different ways just about their priorities or things that are important to them and their neighborhoods as we consider the budget. And so the, the entire city budget, it's important to know that the state of Florida has a balanced budget amendment for cities. So we we have to have a budget where expenses and revenues, where it, it's a net zero. And uh, so we don't have the option of, of running a deficit, of doing things that you know, maybe we see at the federal level, but we have to have a balanced budget. Uh, Lakeland's budget for fiscal year 2022 is a little more than $700 million. Uh, that's up from what we've seen in the past. And, and part of that is, is on the revenue side as well. So um, just and, and several different reasons for that. But it's a significant budget. I mean, it's, we're talking about it's a lot of money. This is a large organization with many moving parts. A big part of our discussions and deliberations for any budget year are centered around the millage rate. 
So we talk a lot about what is the tax rate for property taxes in the city of Lakeland. The millage rate, just as a reminder, it is the uh, tax rate that a property owner pays per $1,000 of taxable property value. Every August, property owners receive a statement from the property appraiser's office that forecast what uh, the, the tax rates will be based on what the uh, city commissions, the county commissions, depending on you know, where you live, what they have advertised as the millage rate, uh, and then you know the corresponding property values. We came into this year in Lakeland with a millage rate of 5.464, and it's been that for several years, uh, and relatively speaking, if you compare that to other cities and counties, Lakeland is on on the low end. And there are several reasons for that. It certainly helps. I mean, one of the big reasons is that we have our own municipal utility. We have Lakeland Electric that pays a dividend of 40 million, sometimes a little bit more uh, every year to the city. And that allows us to keep a low property tax rate. I think that's great. I, uh, For as long as I'm on the commission, I want to try and keep the millage rate as low as we can for as long as we can. I think it makes Lakeland just adds to one of the reasons why uh, it's a great place to live. So after a fair amount of discussion and questions and, and for me, meetings with city staff as a commission, we decided on a, a rate that's slightly lower than what we've had in the past for the past several years. And, and the rate for 22 will be 5.4323. That is the highest rate we could adopt with only a simple majority. So four votes out of the seven of us. Had we kept the same rate, the state of Florida statutes require that you have a supermajority. So we would need five votes to pass that. And I, I like, even though uh, this rate is, it's only just a, it's a slight adjustment uh, from the current rate, the average property owner, you're not talking a huge savings in your property tax bill. But I like it for a couple of reasons. Number one, I, I like the downward pressure on the property tax rates. The longer we can keep our millage rate as low as possible and still provide the services that, that we need to provide in a city like Lakeland, I, I, that's what I want to see. That's my goal, to keep a low millage rate as long as we can. I think it also, by a slight reduction in property tax revenue to the city, it requires us to, to be lean, to try and stretch and find ways. How do we, how do we be fiscally conservative? How do we uh, make cuts and find savings in areas where if we don't have to, we might not. And so for that reason, I thought it was, it was a good move uh, for the rate that we adopted. A big part of the budget discussions this year was around body cameras. And I know that's probably not a surprise to those of you who are listening that, that we have spent a lot of time over the past year, m several different meetings. We had a workshop where we brought in uh, police departments from other cities and, and representatives to talk about their experience with cameras. And so trying to decide, are we going to provide funding for body-worn cameras for our police department. And what we ultimately approved uh, by five to two, and I was in the, the group of five who supported this, is it's $1.1 million that's budgeted for, and it's a package. It's not just the body cameras themselves. It includes body-worn cameras, tasers, which we have tasers now, but they're past, I think they're uh, usually replaced after about five years, give or take, and we're on year seven, so tasers would be included in that and in-car dashboard cameras, which we currently use as well, uh, integrating those dash cameras with body-worn cameras, plus additional staff positions, two staff positions that uh, would help uh, implement and oversee this effort, and hardware and cloud storage, the, sto the data storage that is required for 
body cameras. And I came into the body camera debate earlier this year. I have told people maybe 60-40 in favor of, of cameras. And, and I had a few reservations that stayed with me through the process. Uh, from my vantage point as a commissioner, I think body cameras are a good tool. I was particularly persuaded by the testimony from uh, the police chief in Kissimmee. And then we had a lieutenant from Cape Coral Police Department who talked about their experience with cameras and both departments adopted them, uh, they said, in times where there really wasn't a strong push from the community, as we've seen here in Lakeland. But they, they really didn't have that several years ago. In 2016 uh, is about when both of those agencies adopted cameras. And they just they were champions of the experience and said now they, they can't imagine not having them and the benefit that it provides on both sides to the public, who maybe there are times where they question uh, the transparency of, of the police and their community, uh, but also protection for the officers. And and I've heard that many times from the agencies that use them, that they believe it provides a, a, an extra layer of protection when officers are accused of things or said, hey, they did this, and they go back to the camera, and it shows that they didn't, and it would be very hard to prove otherwise. The lieutenant from Cape Coral was very candid and said, I, I'm convinced it has saved some of our officers' careers because it would be very hard to prove things that – to say they didn't happen if it's a he said versus she said and cameras help tremendously with that. I also think that as I look out across the state of Florida and really across the country, the use of body cameras among law enforcement agencies is only increasing. And I I believe Lakeland, if we did not adopt them in in this year's budget, I think eventually we would. Uh, For me, my my reservations were this, you know, our, our police chief has been very supportive of whatever the commission decides to do and has left that decision with us. But he has said from a data standpoint, we're fortunate in the city of Lakeland that we don't have um, very many complaints uh, around excessive force or the officer's behavior. And so we're in a really strong position. He's a big proponent, as I think he should be, uh, for the right training and the right culture in your department but has ultimately left the decision with us, the commission right now, as to what to do with body cameras. Some of you out there know this, that uh, my dad was a police officer my entire life. And my dad, uh, up until the time when he died in 2012, he was police chief at Auburndale during that time, but he began his career as a police officer at Bartow Police Department and from there rose through the ranks and eventually went to become police chief in Live Oak, Florida, a small town in North Florida, and then uh, on to Auburndale Police Department. My dad was also at one point the president of the Florida Police Chiefs Association. So law enforcement is in my blood. And I am, I, I watch my dad uh, in, in several different stints. And when there were elected officials who were making operational recommendations and things that they thought that the police department could do or should do, and, and in many cases had never been a police officer. And so I have been mindful of that throughout this entire discussion. And if there was hesitancy on my part, it was for us as a commission to make this decision for our police department. However, what I have come back to is that as a commissioner, as a leader in the city, there are times when those types of decisions will fall to us and to make, and they can be difficult decisions. We had robust debate around this about the cost. I agree. They are expensive. Technology is expensive. 
And I'm hoping that over time, those costs will begin to come down. Uh, But ultimately, I felt like this was the right call for Lakeland at this time. I cannot say enough good things about our our police chief and leadership uh, at Lakeland PD and fully support them as an an agency. And um, I'm actually going to do a ride along this week uh, because I've yet to do that as as a commissioner. I've had multiple department tours throughout the city, but I want to get the experience. I've done some things with the fire department, um, but I'm excited this week to go out and ride with an officer. Um, But just I, I wanted to explain that because I think there's a lot of debate around body cameras and at times it's unnecessary political. I also wanted to mention that and thank our Police Citizens Advisory Board. And so that's a new entity that we put in place at the beginning of 2020. That was before the summer of uh, the the protests that we saw around the nation after the death of George Floyd. The, The Police Advisory Board was put in place as a way to strengthen communication between the police department and the community and to provide an outside perspective at times uh, on police operations. The Citizens Advisory Board sent a letter before the budget discussions and said, we unanimously support uh, the implementation of body cameras. They did throw in a caveat, which I appreciated. They said, we we would like to see the city do this without raising the millage rate. That has been, for me, that was always a condition. I, I said, I won't support it if we're raising property taxes to do it. Even better if we can lower the rate. And and that's ultimately what we did. So if you, ever, if you have any questions on that, on... Um, my position or my thought process, chad.mcleod at lakelandgov.net. I wanted to share kind of the, just as I mentioned at the start of this podcast, I, I hope to let listeners into my thought process and the inner workings of, of the city commission. The last item that I wanted to talk about on this episode is the city elections coming up in a month. On Tuesday, November 2nd, you've probably seen signs around town and there are more candidate forums that are happening the month of October. It's a busy season for candidates. I had the privilege of speaking last week to the Lakeland Chamber of Commerce and the Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. They did this as it's a joint venture between the two. The It's called PLI, the Public Leadership Institute. It's really for people who are planning to run for office quasi interested in running. Uh, I had two candidates who were in who were in that group and actually a third who announced today that he's running for school board. So people throughout Polk County who are interested in running and serving in, in office. And I uh, just loved the opportunity to talk campaigns and public service with that group. Uh, I went last Wednesday night to the chamber's hobnob, the political hobnob. It was at Yard on Mass, and it's an opportunity for candidates to, to get up and speak for a few minutes, and then they have a booth, and people can go around and, and talk and meet the candidates. And I went for two reasons. I just, I, even before being a commissioner, I love these types of things. And so for me, this is fun to go to an event like that, but also to support the candidates and just to be there. And because it, I told the PLI group, it really takes something to put yourself out in the position of being a candidate, speaking on issues, answering a lot of questions, and just uh, you put yourself through the ringer, especially right now. And, and so I applaud anyone who is jumping into a race and running for office. And it's a great part of our democracy in our process. And so if you haven't had a chance to check out the candidates, uh, both the incumbents and those who are running uh, for those seats, I encourage you to do so. And, and best of luck to everyone who's who's running right now. So I think that's all for this episode of A View from Lakeland City Hall. Again, thank you so much for listening. I, I'll be back on this podcast. I'm not going to let a whole month go by this time without doing an episode. I'm hoping my next guest 
if I can pull it off for the next episode, will be somebody from Lakeland Police Department. After I do the ride-along this week, um, I'll try to set that up, and I'll report back on what that experience was like, so stay tuned for that. As a reminder, if you can uh, drop a review on Apple Podcasts, I'll come back and and share some of those uh, on one of the future episodes. Have a great week, Lakelanders. I'll see you back again here soon.